Welcome to Who Put This On, Season 3, Episode 4, where you watch An Idiot Abroad, Season 2, Episode 5, and I'm Chris Lorenz, and this is James, Robert Kitts, Nelson Maxdella, <laughs> Noah Singer, Harry Hoffman, and a special guest, returning guest, David. <laughs> Welcome back, David. What episode were you on before? Season one, episode twenty-two. <laughs> what was the show? I, I don't know. I can't, was it really? That was incorrect. Tiny houses. Yeah, tiny, yeah. tiny house hunters. That yeah. was uh, a that was a pretty fun show. You were here for a good one. You picked a good one. It was the best show. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about another show though. Which show is better? Idiot Broad is 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 got to be a. It's a longer standing show. I think it's. Prove the test of time. Certainly a better show than Teddy. Oh, Hunters. how long has this been on the air for? Uh, so better part of a generation, I think. So <laughs> Tiny House Hunters has like a thousand episodes. <laughs> this show is on for two seasons. Two good seasons. I mean, I, I yeah, just the way you worded it <laughs> made it seem like it's been on for so long. This is on earlier than Tiny House Hunters. I gotta be honest. I didn't do my homework on this show. <laughs> or Tiny House Hunters. Fair. I'm, I'm I'm just really winging this. All right, all right. As we all are, Harrison, give us the show description. In this hilarious series, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, co-creators of The Office and Extras, send their friend Carl Pilkington around the world against his will. Carl thinks he's visiting the Seven Wonders. But along the way, the little Englander must endure camel rides, jungle treks, tribal customs, and local oddballs while dining on toes and testicles and searching for a clean bathroom. How does a man who prefers vacationing via camper cope with being an idiot abroad? There you Thanks, go. Thanks, Harrison. Rob, what is the show? This show is Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant sort of set this random guy up to like go to sort of exotic interesting places around the world and try to build it up to him these doing these interesting adventures but really it's like they're trolling him but they're also trolling him to his face so it's a little we'll have to get into it but like it's a little unclear how how much of the show is reality show and how much of the show is like scripted and the guy is in on it we'll get back to it but yeah, it's worth talking about. I, I feel like it's more of like a like a travel agent show almost. It's definitely a travel agent. Like show. Yeah, we just like we spend five minutes here, we spend five minutes there doing this, five minutes doing whatever, it, and then we move on. And if we get good entertainment out of it or not, I don't really know how much they cut out of the show. Cause he like I'll go over what happens in the show, but they go to like at least like ten. They go to like ten places. Yeah, they go they go to a bunch of different places and have weird little adventures for the guy. And the the heart of the show is just his sort of strange reactions to everything and how he like you know seems like a very simple minded guy who's trying to have his uh, horizons broadened by these seeing the world. It seems like he is just trying to get trolled a lot. Too. But like he's, he he says he's trying not to get trolled and he just wants to have these really good experiences. But obviously Ricky Gervais is just trolling us. I don't think <laughs> there's anything that I've seen in this episode that makes it seem like he wants to do any of this. 
it really seems like he doesn't want to do any of it. Well, I mean, when when they when they like set the show up, there's like they have this list of like like a hundred things to do before you die. But they're just like, yeah, this is not Carl's list of a hundred things he wants to do before he dies. It's some it's someone else's list. He doesn't want to do any of these things, basically. But why does he actually do the show though? Because they're paying him to do the show, and he gets to be famous on TV. I guess I don't know. Maybe he's getting paid to be miserable. He's not like getting paid to like, you know. I feel like it. I feel like his feelings are mixed. Like I think he does genuinely want to better himself. He just doesn't want to do all these dumb things. So I've I've seen a couple other episodes of this, and in the first season, the at least the way they set it up was he didn't know what he was getting himself into. That he thought he was actually going on like a cool bunch of cool adventures, and he was gonna like these like he's the star of a travel show, and he like doesn't realize he's kind of being set up but this one season two he's already gone through season one and they acknowledge he's like you know they're doing it to me again so it's unclear why he didn't know that was gonna happen i think season one was just so wildly successful that they uh that they decided they need to do a new season i'm sure they offered him a ton of money to do the second season and he's just taking that money you know the way they set him up i mean obviously they're calling him the idiot abroad delving into Carl's psyche <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe a challenging thing to do especially if he really is a simple guy I don't so have you you've seen all of the show correct I've yeah I've seen both seasons so do you get to know Carl pretty well by the end of this or are you still like kind of like you're kind of up in the air whether it's fact or fiction Right, I think it blurs that line, which which a lot of reality TV shows do. Right, I mean, sure, some of it's some of it's played up, some, of it, but he's, I, I, I genuinely, after watching, I don't know how many hours of the show, don't know if Carl is really an idiot or if he just is playing the part well with Ricky Gervais. He might just be the kind of the straight man in the Ricky Gervais, for lack of better terms, with the Ricky, Ricky Gervais and uh, and Stephen Merchant combo. But do you get a sense that he's actually afraid of the things he's he he didn't do or like did, but like seemed very afraid of? The best I can tell from just being a person in this world and trying to read genuine reactions, he seems like he's having genuine reactions to a lot of these things, like yeah, planes flipping through the air, bungee jumping, like he's you know eating shit. literally eating dung from different animals he i mean he seems to be having real i I think he's having real reactions now they're they're putting him in these positions and he's i don't know it's kind of like that what was that show where they fear factor where they eat crazy stuff real reactions but they're kind of like choosing to do it does that does that make any sense they're 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 amplifying their reactions like they're like hey like like i'm feeling this way but i'm gonna play it up a little bit for tv i guess yeah. All right. So speaking of that, let's go over what <laughs> happens in this episode. Then we can get to the minutia. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so he goes to South Africa first, and he goes to Johannesburg, and he teaches a risk management, a risk class. Uh, what is a some- risk class? We'll get, we'll get, we'll get, that get there. To a group of Wait, kids. You can't talk minutia. about it yet. <laughs> Like around some teenagers. Then he goes and tears down a house and then rebuilds that house with new materials in some neighborhood. Uh, Then uh, he goes to bungee jump. 
He goes to this crazy like bungee jump place. We're gonna do it. He uh, f- meets a person with a hippo as a pet. Then uh, he goes painting. He paints his van with this tribe, and then he cooks a meal for this king of the tribe, quote unquote. Uh, then he goes to move a rhino where he decides to eat some poop as already discussed. Uh, then he goes to Uganda, does some clothes shopping, does some crazy dancing. Uh, he plays some pool. Uh, then he goes uh, to see some gorillas. He went on a giant hike and uh, saw that- some more poop. <laughs> There's more poop involved. And uh, that's about it. There's a lot of content in this show. Like, this is like a standard kind of 44 minute sort of show, but they did a shit ton of stuff in this show. Oh yeah. And each segment, each segment isn't necessarily short, but it's not necessarily long either. Yeah. It, like fits in this like three, four minute, like kind of, uh, deal, which I think works pretty well. Uh, so like the first place, like he's rolling up, you do a risk class and I'm just like, well, that's just George Costanza right there. And that risk management, Oh yeah, you got that risk management on audiobook. Oh yeah, well I liked how this guy was really freaking out about. He's like, "What am I going to teach these kids? What can I? You see that girl? She's just riding this bike with no shoes on to this class. Well, like, what am I possibly going to teach these kids?" So he's stressing and freaking out about it. Then at some point, the dude of the school comes over and he's like, "All right, so today you're just going to teach about risk, just at a general level. Just talk about everything you know about risk." <laughs> and that's all they give the guy to work with. <laughs> and then he's sticking in this room in front of like a bunch of like 10 to 14 year olds. And then like there's like a dozen of them. <laughs> I guess hey, there's a dozen because he asked like, how many kids are you comfortable teaching? He's like, and he's, he has no idea. That was like, actually never su- surprising. 12. <laughs> he asked for 12. There was end up being 10. Oh, shit. Yeah. Not I, bad. Yeah. It, it was kind of surprising. They actually they get probably booted the, a few. Like, they definitely guys comfortable with 12. <laughs> they definitely did. To hold up a minute, Chris, can you talk about this risk management? <laughs> I just, I already said that. No, no from Seinfeld. I, what is risk? Risk is something, I don't remember the rest of the quote. Oh, that's okay. Uh, yeah, George Costanza has to give a presentation at the Yankees. And his, his like, key thing was on his resume was he was a, uh, he was risk management was his, like, main focus. And, like, he starts to try to read the book. And it's just, just watch Seinfeld. Not there, important. There is actually a second Seinfeld episode about risk management. Um, where Kramer, he's on a subway and he has a board of risk in front of him. And he says, the Ukraine is weak. And the guy turns around and smacks the board. Ukraine not weak. Ukraine strong. Risk management. Uh, yeah. And then the kids ask him like about like sex, what sex risky. Oh, yeah. She's like, I have an example of risk. Can I try? <laughs> oh and, my god! Oh, yeah. What was <laughs> the example? I don't know. Does somebody have the like what? What she actually said? Like it down? was. Uh, she said like when you know a, a woman or a girl gets pregnant, is that risk? <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> How old is this girl? Thirteen. So, so then, like based on that comment, he just decided that he was supposed to teach them about sex, like sex ed, basically. And like that, like that was all he had to go on was that like he's he, he asked the kids like, hey, what's an example of risk? And and that person said that example, and he goes into this whole sex ed <laughs> lesson, basically. He's like, oh, I was supposed to teach you about that kind of risk. Well, let me tell you about that kind of risk. 
always wear a condom. <laughs> well, they were also trolling. He was like, how, like, you're not married. You're old. You're not married. No yeah. kids. Like, he was, they were trolling him pretty hard. Oh, yeah. The best part was when he said he's been dating his girlfriend for 17 years. They're like, she's 17. <laughs> oh, that's too <laughs> young. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was the exciting thing about that. And then he goes to this house, and he's like, he's, he seems pretty pissed about building this doing house. That was a strong word, you know. <laughs> it's a room. Shack, it, yeah. It's a shack, I guess you could call it. And they just like looks pretty dilapidated, and they just tear it down. But he they knock is, over some dude's house <laughs> in the middle of this Ugandan town. Yeah, I mean, he's surrounded in, by uh, all these South other. Africa. Yeah, oh, this is South Africa. Yeah, in uh, uh, okay. Johannes Soweto. 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 Yeah. Anyway, he's surrounded by all these houses that yeah. all look the same. Right. And he does not look happy about doing this. Well, I think he was just like, hey. Me building this one house isn't going to change this horrific situation that's here. Yeah. Like, that seemed to me... Like, that was kind of the take I yeah, took from him. Yeah, but the rest of the show, he's, like, bringing up that, like, already rebuilt a house. Like, oh, I did yeah. all this <laughs> charity. I'm, like, well, super. Even before he built the house, he was like, don't you know how much money I get? Look at my look at my tax statements. I, I don't need to give more. <laughs> it was just a very weird opening, I thought. Yeah. yeah. He also had some commentary on nonprofits in general. He's like, when I was growing up, there used to be one kid in a grocery store that I'd give money to, and now there's a nonprofit on every corner doing all these different things, and seems to be griping a little bit about how much good's going on in the world in some of these places. Too much good. Too much good. Move the mic a little closer when you're... Just, here we go. <laughs> just making sure that people can hear you at home. So they, they build the house. Uh, they yeah. build the walls. Uh, yeah, he says that he's saving everyone like Superman because he does a lot of charity. Superman. Uh, then he goes to this bungee jumping place. Which looked like a bunch of like, like they were cooling towers. They were nuclear cooling towers. Yeah, they were nuclear cooling towers for sure, right? Like Insane, yeah. They're just these two giant nuke towers like, like straight out of the Simpsons. And it's straight ghetto up. Like, well, uh, ghetto. They were definitely painted. No, not not the towers. The bungee jumping equipment. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) I definitely thought you were talking about the paint job. No. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the paint jobs look a little nuts for like a new (laughs) like. But would you trust this bungee jumping place? No. No. Would you do it? Yes. It looked a little bit dicey. (laughs) If. I was on the show and they brought me to, they probably wouldn't bring me to these places because I would just do them because I would just do it. How many huts, Chris? I would have tried to like, yo, you do it for like 50 huts. I'm totally jumping. Right? I would be like, like Ricky going Gervais, up one at so a time. Rich. What is this? I was surprised he didn't, he didn't want to negotiate, but like he didn't want to negotiate because he really didn't want to do it. So he didn't want to say 50 <laughs> huts. And then Ricky Gervais is like, okay. And then he has to do it. Yeah. Like, well, then like, he's got like, 50 like, huts like, paid he, for. He, he, he was trying to keep the number of huts as low as possible so that he could himself pay for the huts to not feel bad about jumping. So he was definitely not trying to negotiate up. Like, right. You f- yeah, you, you feel saw like his game going. It wasn't it, his intent. wasn't to get his okay. Well, let me back up here. For, so he gets <laughs> he gets up to the top of this thing. And he calls. We got to talk the elevator. Oh my god! <laughs> like that tin bucket. Yeah, the tin bucket is like a, in a, like a rope. It's like a yeah, pulley system. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, the way that those smokestacks are like curved makes that elevator look out of control. Too. Like you're looking at it, it's like there's no chance. <laughs> Just, he made it all the way up there. Why couldn't he jump? 
and like, and like, like Mickey, you're not there. It's kind of be the hardest part. He seemed kind of comfortable too. He was like, you know, like, like you know, leaning on the rail and just chit chat. Like, he was definitely like seemed more comfortable than I would have expected. It's not about the heights thing for him. It's just he doesn't want to do the. the it's fall. like, what if it gets disconnected? Oh, he's just worried about yeah, the rope's yeah. gonna but break. The, okay. the elevator, I'd be way more the scared than the elevator. The elevator up. <laughs> There's just a bunch of two by fours spread across these two nuke towers, and they're like, "Yeah, just walk out there and jump." What do you mean? <laughs> just walk across these two by fours? What are, what are you talking about? And you're like a few hundred feet in the air. Yeah. So as he's up in this air, this throughout the show, Ricky Gervais calls him and like sets up wherever he's going, and he's talking to him, and like Ricky is trying to bribe, what's the main guy's name? Carl. Carl. Carl to actually jump off bungee jump and he doesn't want to do it so he's like offering you know buying houses because he rebuilt just rebuilt that house i still think ricky should have done like 50 oh yeah he would feel so bad by not jumping because he's not going to pay like the whatever like 50 grand it's going to cost actually like 25 grand it would be because each house is like 500 quid so this is like yeah it definitely sounds like he blowballed him like ricky gervais is Pretty wealthy. Well, Ricky Gervais was my last offer is five. I'm like, you Dude. know, that's that's too low. Yeah, like especially for this being a pretty popular show, like he can step up to the plate. Like, yeah. the, the a starting bid should be like fifty or a hundred. Yeah, but I mean, I guess to Harrison's point, he knew he wasn't going to jump, so he was like not <laughs> making this guy pay like. 50 Iran yeah. for whatever. I mean, yeah. only, I mean, like, I think he, I, I mean, I think he might have been able to get him 50 if he was negotiating. I mean, if you're shaming Ricky Gervais on his own TV show about not donating enough money, like, yeah, I, I could see it. But the know. thing is, if you're not going to jump, no, if it you're doesn't not gonna really jump, you don't want to have to pay for the 50 yourself. <laughs> and when the, you don't the jump. only thing, if, if Ricky is thinking about the comedic value of like negotiating for each of these houses, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's actually kind of funny if you really. Yeah, but it's, it's just like, like two, oh. three. Like, come on! Like, uh, it's just not. It's not even worth time showing to go up by one. But that's probably the. That might be the funny part. <laughs> it wasn't funny. It, it, it wasn't. <laughs> but you can understand like the deep cut humor <laughs> of Ricky Gervais being like, "Fine, <laughs> five hundred more quid." Like to him, which is nothing. But yeah, I guess it, like in context of just like the dude having to pay it. Yeah, I guess one at a time makes sense because like. It looks like he's like contemplating, like I could just pay for three. Like I can do that. That's only fifteen hundred. You know, I'm only making twenty five hundred this whole episode. So yeah. it's just like one cut back to the fact or fiction. It is kind of odd that Ricky Gervais happens to call at the right times throughout the show. It seems to me like uh, he's calling Ricky. He's told to call Ricky. Doesn't seem like Ricky's like initiating. You never see, you know. Oh, I gotta pick up. That's and, definitely scheduled. And Carl has all these handlers who are like, kind of so like, they're like, okay, you're gonna go up to the top of the tower at this time because Ricky Gervais has a break in his schedule and he's gonna make the phone yeah. call. Like, yeah, where they just make the call and then like, all right, Ricky's online. All right, cool, connect him. All right, here's the dude. <laughs> there you go. Like. Do you think they ever have him they talking to someone else and then they put in Ricky's voice it's later? It's certainly possible, that's I definitely think. possible. I feel I like I that's that just thing. not as funny. Like, like, Ricky has an assistant named Ricky. So the guy's like, Ricky, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just wouldn't be as funny. Like, most of the time he's talking to Ricky Gervais, it's pretty funny. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. that's like the, one of the highlights of the show. And I feel like he was talking to somebody else, it just wouldn't be as funny. 
Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. It's weird to record those like after the fact because like when he's just telling him that he lied about the thing. Oh shit! That was the punchline of the bungee jump. That's okay. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> Damn it! That, uh, oh, but like yeah, that's that's one of those issues, right? Where like that would just like you wouldn't get the right banter back and forth if it's some assistant. Yeah, like, I was they're like, not going to say this randomly. Shit. Ricky Driscoll just burst out laughing at him in the middle of a sentence talking to him <laughs> and if like i was that guy i'd be like i'm not gonna stop talking to ricky gervais just laughing at me all right the time. right but right the guy just keeps trying to make his point <laughs> that would be the best twist though carl's actually having a one-way conversation throughout yeah. the whole show ricky comes in dialogues back <laughs> carl's the genius abroad oh, oh man. last episode twist so I was I was kind of bummed out that uh, so obviously this bungee jumping thing ends with he chickens out of it and but then lies to Ricky Gervais and is like hey I totally did it you can go ahead and donate those huts now <laughs> and like thinks he's not going to get caught for some reason but um, I was I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't like close the loop on that like a little bit better like I thought that Ricky was just going to find out that he didn't jump from the producers or somebody on the back end and then r- arrange some way to burn him s- later in the episode with something like I thought he was just going to get like okay you didn't jump off that well now you got to jump off a uh, this insane cliff and it's going to be 500 houses now or whatever and you'd have could, to do it like could you imagine a more <laughs> insane thing to jump off I don't the know road? dude like I like I like, feel like I they could have set something yeah. up. You could jump out of a plane. No. A plane, I would jump, <laughs> like, would not freak me out as much as that bungee jumping thing. Like, you, the ghetto nature of that whole thing. Like, oh, it's nuts. Even just getting, if I'm up at the top, just getting up to the top sounds like a nightmare. Well, that's a good point. But once I'm at the top, I'm okay. But getting to the top, I think I would just be like. What if it's like a homemade plane? <laughs> Chris, you would rather parachute than bungee jump? On average? No, no, no. I'm just saying this ghetto bungee jumping place, <laughs> I'd rather parachute over that. 100%. Okay. okay. I'm telling you, homemade planes got problems, I think. <laughs> homemade some sort, if you put me on some sort of biplane, I might be a little questionable. Right. Like, some sort, some sort of Wright some, Brothers <laughs> some sort plane. Of like, what if we shot you out of a cannon? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Man, homemade <laughs> cannon. Okay, I might. I'm definitely out on the homemade cannon. Chris Lorenz abroad. <laughs> this is oh, our new thing. Great. <laughs> we just shoot him out of random shit. <laughs> I want you to set the sh- you set the show up, James. Where you shoot me out of random shit, I'm in. I want what? you to get the insurance. I want oh. you to get all of the stuff set up. The insurance is really this. I, I can't believe you're I'm bringing just, us down right now with I'm the legal you, you know, legalities of this. Just buy jail insurance and then you're good. That wouldn't come from <laughs> in this case. <laughs> <laughs> that only keeps you out of jail. Well, no, we got to shoot him out of jail. Healthcare. That's how he escapes. When we shoot him out of a well, cannon. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the first thing that's going to happen? He's immediately in a coma. Like, oh, no. I mean, maybe it's jail insurance. Don't worry, insu- it'll be safe. But maybe it's jail insurance for you to keep you out of jail. You would definitely be in jail for shooting him out of a cannon. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Wait, no. Like, if he signs that he agrees to be shot out of a cannon... It's not my fault. It's a cannon. I'm pretty me. sure that you can't just. <laughs> <laughs> that's like I can't just sign something suicide. and then have you murder me. That's not and you not go to jail for that. That's definitely that just, if that's not how that works. Hundred percent true. <laughs> what do you think would happen if you walked into a notary's office and you said, "Hey, I want a notary to like sign this." 
No, that's totally a thing. That's, that's the thing definitely when people not are a in thing. a coma in a hospital. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. sign the rights over to the other person, and then the person can, you know, yeah. turn James, the switch off. James, assisted suicide <laughs> is not legal in the U.S. But you can, like, no, if you're, you're on a... literally assisted suicide. But if suicide. you're in a breathing tube... <laughs> there's... This well, is definitely You can legal. turn the breathing okay, tube. Okay, 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 okay. There's... There's... Somebody was in a coma and about to die... You could put him in a cannon and shoot him out of it to finish him off as long as he has a notarized form dictating that to be an option. So, That'd be an insane television show where you go around to people that are like, done it. You're like, what, what do you want to shoot him out of? Oh, man. That's horrible. It's a terrible idea. All right. Oh, okay. so that show should be called Six Feet Over. So one there, last thing about yeah. Ricky Gervais like finding sure. out about the lying is... I actually thought they were going to say Ricky Gervais found out because Ricky Gervais would ask him, well, what was it like? How'd you feel? And his answers were just so obviously not made up. Oh, yeah. But he's just going to be like, yeah, I knew you didn't do it, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I definitely, yeah. I was definitely expecting something like that to happen. And, well, not at all. As, like, he does this, like, road trip, there was, like, commentary about, like, <laughs> the guys didn't get the money for the huts. Yeah. Ricky, were you sending the money? That definitely seems set up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like. But, like. Where I thought that was leading is like I didn't donate the money because you didn't fucking jump. I yeah, knew you didn't jump. They brought jump. it up at the end. Yeah, and it's just the yeah. And there was this conversation about like, yeah, it's my show. Obviously, I know you didn't do it. No, he didn't say that. No, no, like he definitely didn't he know. He said he was going to find out. Right. When he yeah, at the yeah, yeah. Later. How are you gonna get? How do you think you were gonna get away with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my show, you dummy. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna bring me the footage. Yeah. Well, this, this is like last week with the private conversation in a public restaurant on camera. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, with the producer of the show. <laughs> the producer of the show. So wrapping up the bungee jump, uh, because he did that. Ricky gets him a camper to sleep in. Little uh, mobile camper thing that like latches to the back of the truck, but it's something to sleep in. Is it common in this show for them to give him a camper to to use on the trip? I think this was unique. So I got the I got the impression that in this this was like episode five of the season. In this season, he's been constantly complaining about his sleeping conditions and saying, "I wish I had a camper." And now they were like. Hey, we finally got you a camper. Gotcha. Now that's a very like I'm taking like little morsels and extrapolating a bit, but like that's how I interpreted it as someone who hadn't seen any other se- episodes this season. Because there, there's, there's definitely something in the in the show description that was like like he would rather be going on camper vacation. So I just didn't know if like the whole camper thing was. A- well, they call it caravanning to be clear, but yeah. So yeah, I learned this. <laughs> I learned this from top. Thanks, James. Some sort of Top Gear correction. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Caravanning is sort of a euphemism in British in British English for like somebody who really doesn't know how to take a vacation, or you know they just do shitty vacations. Like it's synonymous for that. All right. Do we ever close out that whole legality of killing other people, getting shot at cannons? We, we, we moved to, on, James. We I know on. that we moved on, but Harrison looked you, like he had the facts for us. If you want me to explain the difference, basically <laughs> there's like there's like. It is legal to have like a do not resuscitate, which is like if you're being kept alive by machines, whatever, they can turn that off. But it is not legal if you're just like sitting here alive on your own for me to sign something that allows you to kill me. You can't do that. All right, there we have it. There you go. Keeping I'm not a lawyer, it. but that's my understanding of the situation. Harrison's, Harrison's legal corner. Legal corner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Somebody make the mallet sound. Uh, pretty good corner. 
Case closed. All right, Chris Lorenz. <laughs> so before, I, is it? At, so he goes to this house, and there's just a hippo. Yes. Like just like you're Who's just like, no, he, doesn't he go to paint the truck? No, no, no. That's after oh, this. Oh. He goes to this house, and like you see this hippo walk into this house, and you're like. <laughs> What's, like we as an audience have no idea what's going no on. Idea. They did not see, see this up at all. They were just, just like, "Yeah, there's the there's the hippo." Well, okay, cool. And then the hippo just rolls in the house. I was opens I, the door, I believe. So he was yeah, like, he opens the, the door. door open. Yeah, he was like blowing the place. He's like, like, "Yeah, now I'm gonna go see this woman who has a pet hippo." And then there's like sure like like in the back in the pond. You're like, yeah, sure, of course. It just lives in the pond in the back. And then it just starts strutting on strutting on in the house. It's just. <laughs> I mean, they at some point they bring on a mattress for this hippo to sleep on and watch TV and a blanket. Yeah, he gets an aromatherapy massage every night. Every night, that's <laughs> incredible. That's so much work for your pet. Thing. What was incredible though? They never give the hippo a name. That is true. Hippos are very dangerous animals. Extremely, my understanding, <laughs> extremely yeah. dangerous. Like the most dangerous, I think. This seemed like a pretty small. <laughs> Uh, I, I might have some tension with that. I don't know, dude. I th- I'm pretty sure hippo is one of the most dangerous animals. Absolutely. Like. I know it's a pretty dangerous animal. This one seems like a pretty small hippo, though. Like, is it a uh, pygmy hippo? hippo? It is, is a dangerous. pygmy hippo, yes. Okay. Strangely, it, this is going to sound weird. <laughs> this is the second time today I've talked about pygmy hippos. What was the other time? My friend went to the Berlin Zoo and they had pygmy hippos. Fascinating. Thanks, Max. That was Max German corner. Okay. All right. So after he goes to this hippo place, he goes to this tribe and they're like, oh, you're going to paint with this tribe and then you're going to have to cook the king dinner. Cook their king dinner. Have yeah. the honor of the cooking honor. the king honor. dinner. Ricky sets this up. Ricky sets this up. And like, they're like painting this. They wanted to paint his caravan and... It just like looks like he's spraying poop all over it. Like he's just brown paint. I and think they confirmed it was shit. Yeah, which it was unclear <laughs> why they were painting his car with shit. But it was really confusing to me because when he like walked in the place, there was a bunch of like stuff that looked really beautifully painted. I'm like, oh, they're gonna make his right. camper look awesome, and then it's just him painting with shit on the side <laughs> of the camper. Shit was a very uh, repetitive theme throughout the episode. A lot of shit. A lot were of this, shit. Were this, they had to be trolling him, right? They're just like, yeah, this is the paint. They're like, yeah, you just grabbed the shit bucket. Oh my God, I don't know why you did that. <laughs> All right, Dave, our resident expert, is shit a common theme throughout the show? I can't, I can't, honestly can't remember any other poop references outside of this individual episode. There must be. It must be, it must be common throughout the show. Because they seem to really like it in this episode, so why would that stop there? <laughs> uh, I agree. Yeah. Good shit begets more shit. Unclear. So, yeah, like, I don't know. They, they, he the, sort of smears some shit on the side of his caravan. He's like, this stuff I, smells like shit. I don't know what's going on here. Pretty sure they're trolling well, me. First, but. they painted some stuff, and right. they made him paint with it. Right. And he was pretty resistant to that. But unlike mm-hmm. the bungee jumping, they eventually forced him to do it. Yeah, it's, it's weird. He was like, there's things that I'm like, I, it would take a lot of pressure for me to do. And he just kind of just like, eh, I don't really want to do it, but does it. Uh, and like the poop, like painting with a poop is definitely one of the things where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I really want to. A, it's going to look terrible. His didn't look that bad when he was done with it. 
Well, when he agreed to it, he didn't know it was shit paint. <laughs> he's basically like, <laughs> I don't think it's going to take like, you very hey, it's long. Not, it's my caravan for hire. Yeah, it's you not like no, right? Mine. You would you would know immediately if you were painting with <laughs> poop. Like it's going to smell. Like you don't even need to like even start. You just walk over to that bucket and you're like, okay. That's oh, the yeah. wrong bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the paint, please? Well, they made a whole thing about like the about using like water paint or some kind of paint that would wash off with water because yeah. it wasn't like actually his. He's just renting this yeah, thing or whatever. Yeah, it's poop. And poop. yeah, and I'm like, oh, you're getting the shit paint. <laughs> it, it was it, it was it, like I thought it was great how he was so he, he so seriously thought that they like arranged an activity for him. It was going to, like, cause damage in his rental car. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, they're just going to paint it, whatever. And then you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, you just let them do it, even though we told you to. Yeah. <laughs> He's very concerned. Oh, this, yeah. this next segment I thought was pretty funny. They just had this, like, pe- this tribe come in. They're, like, acting, like, pretty, tri- like, tribal. <laughs> doing tribe stuff, all right. Doing tribal stuff, you know, strutting it, you know. Strutting it. <laughs> and he is he is he brings out this food to them that is just like Cheetos and no, no, no. it was it was the sour gummy worms. There's yeah. sour gummy worms, two apples, some, some apples. And some, some like Chex grill, mix, grilled yeah. cheese, some kind of grilled cheese. Yeah. That, that came after. No, he, he that was like, af- these were the yeah, appetizers. It's like an appetizer plate. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally not even cut up apples. It was just two full apples. Those were for you know the health nuts. Yeah. I think was his quote. <laughs> Fitness nuts. Fitness nuts. <laughs> I love how the the duty gives it to you, so he serves it to the king, right? And the first thing he does is go for the worm. Yeah. He's like, well, I don't know what that. Like all this other stuff is just it's some checks mixing an apple. Well, I guess we'll see what this is. <laughs> and it's just some candy. Uh, and that was pretty entertaining. Then he makes everyone grilled cheese. He makes like. 10 grilled cheeses on this like tiny grill next to his on his camper like you make yeah. one grilled cheese at a time essentially so when they teed this yeah. thing up i'm like oh that sounds interesting like you know they're gonna take him to this king's place and he's gonna have to prepare you know some sort of planned meal he's gonna learn how to cook some like you yeah. know local dish or something really <laughs> interesting but no it's not what it is they're just like all right here's what you're gonna do you're gonna go to the store and buy all your own shit and make some kind of or it's just like king. here's all this shit out of the back of your caravan on like a camper grill or like a camper stove. I feel like it was like built into the camp, right? And so like now he's just cooking some kind of meal <laughs> in like the outdoors and like doesn't have well he a just, basic kitchen. He I mean like he basically has like a stove. It doesn't really seem like he has a pan of any sort because he's just cooking the grilled cheese over the open flame of the oh, stove. Right. He's got a hot plate. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, mean. I just don't think he's like, he's not set up to like really be doing it. So like the whole, I guess, shtick here is that like, Oh, look at this guy trying to make this King a meal off of a camper. And like, I, I don't know. Like, it seemed like they could have went the, a different direction with that, but they kind of went for this. Like, well, when he's, try to make it funny, when he goes to attempt to serve his grilled cheese, the dude's like, where's the meat? Oh, he's yeah. like looking in the sandwich. Like, where's the meat? No meat. I think he says the men eat with the meat or something like that <laughs> something to meat. that kind of a thing like when we eat it's always with meat <laughs> with something yeah, like where that. Is the meat bring me meat <laughs> to be fair that's also the motto of this podcast that's definitely true <laughs> i think we ate a lot of meat it was uh, very fitting these people are people <laughs> yeah. that's this tribe that's true you're uh, in on this tribe you want to find out this tribe is. the one <laughs> thing that did seem to go well though he had a bottle of coca-cola and a bottle of fanta to wash down his uh delights 
Yeah. His cheese Chex Mix. Chex Mix cheese. And then for dessert, he got um, a chocolate pudding cake. Chocolate pudding sponge cake or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. How did he make that? I think he just bought it. I think he just bought the the cake and they sort of sliced it up. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he actually went to the store or the producers went to the store? No, they had footage of him going to the store, yeah. But did he pick the ingredients at the store? Unclear. The producers like, here, here's what you're going to check out of the store. Right. Oh. Unclear, unclear. They didn't show a conversation of like, hey, what do you think you're going to make? Like, we're at, you know, that feels like something you would do. Yeah, that that, that would have been a good bit. He was kind of saying like, like, yeah, like, I don't know what to make. Like, I'll just, you know, make something that I would eat at home. He said something like to that effect, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna bet you know some snacks, but make a grilled cheese and some dessert." Which you know, I can see that guy. How making is that how is gummy that. worms an appetizer? Just a snack? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> gotta, gotta give some variety. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, it's like how we have miso soup as an appetizer. He's clearly not. It's a really for nut, after, so <laughs> as he calls when the, it. <laughs> when the tribe finished eating his food. Someone else brought them other foods, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. They we definitely mentioned right. the meat. The meat. Uh, so after he's done cooking, he goes to... I thought it was he was hunting, but it, it seems like he was just tracking some sort of rhino. Mm-hmm. And they like caught the rhino and moved the rhino. It wasn't clear if they were just giving him an injection and then bringing him back. They were uh, relocation specialists. Okay. They relocate wild rhinos. So why they need to relocate that rhino? Uh, they didn't say in the show, but I'll just go on a limb here. Probably say some kind of poaching or something to that effect. Some sort or of there's you know another reason that they're being endangered in that area. There's James's animal corner. <laughs> there's a much more reasonable answer here. Have you ever seen them moving the cartagos around the city? <laughs> the, uh-huh. the rhino was needed elsewhere for people to ride. <laughs> I don't think that's the thing. <laughs> the only but, thing that came to mind, remember in uh, Donkey Kong for N64, where you could ride the rhino. Oh yeah, throughout the level, it was great. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like that. They have to let uh, baby DK, you know, DK Junior, go mm-hmm. ride the rhino. Uh, no, I want to hear your DK rap sometime. Not now, but later. I don't know what a DK rap is. Moving on. <laughs> Apparently, we're moving on. Uh, I just uh, I before the internet get mad at us, mad at us. That was dunking on country for the Super Nintendo, not the sixty four. Thank you. Get the Rhino is also in sixty four. Oh, could you ride the Rhino in the sixty four? Moving on. Could you ride it? Could you ride it? I want to know. Oh. I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Oh. So, so no the other flashback I got during this rhino thing was when they're loading the rhino into this sort of, I don't know what you call it to like help transport. It felt really like the start of Jurassic Park where they're trying oh, to yeah, load yeah. the dinosaur in and then the dinosaur breaks out. And oh, I was like, yeah. This rhino is about to go ham on these people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. It looks very great. And Carl's like right in front of its horn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Carl is in the line of fire for that rhino 100%. Dude, that rhino... Like, it's basically a dinosaur. That thing looks like a dinosaur. It looks insane. Closing out Rhinos the rhino references, tying into the poop, uh, <sighs> Ace Ventura. Oh, Ace Ventura 2. Oh, yeah. Bingo. Uh, that's the worst part of all of the, both of those. I movies. never said it was good. Just wanted to anyway. tie a knot. <laughs> so this is where so the- Which p- is more dangerous, rhino or hippo? They both hippo. are, I feel hippo. Like hippo. are very ornery. And, and, and in this episode seemed kind of peaceful. Like I they were up for whatever. The hippo would sleep <laughs> on the bed with a blanket and get a massage, and the rhino was like, "Yeah, going for a ride." Push, oh, you gotta, push me into I, the. I can't see, vehicle. so it's fine. Like you guys are fine. I can't see. I can't feel you guys either. <laughs> Everything is fine. 
I'm okay. It was making me so nervous when they were trying to handle that rhino like it could freak out at any moment and just whip around and kill everybody like (laughs) it was making me so nervous yeah i thought rhinos are pretty i didn't i know hippos like they don't look dangerous so like i guess more known like people tell me that they're dangerous never heard anything about rhino being dangerous i assume they are because they have that giant horn. That horn can't be good. Like, you can definitely pet them though. Like uh, when I was at the San Diego Zoo last time, they did like there was dudes petting them. Like not like the public, but like people that work there, like trainers or whatever. Welcome to James's inner, uh, animal, animal corner. corner. There you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've seen rhinos. They look similar to this, where they're just standing around, like, not really doing anything. Yeah, no, they're so mostly just, just like, standing around when I've seen them. Uh, so this is this segment is where the poop really kicks off. I felt because he's got this. They're like crazy tour guide. Well, they're like like tracker dude. Yeah, they're like tracking this rhino, and the dude like gets they find some poop, and he immediately just picks up this like really dry poop and just like crunches on it. And oh, you're yeah. just like, what <laughs> did he uh, just that's a, do? That's a pretty old one there. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is old. You, you can tell. tell by its taste, and I'm like. That looked pretty old to me already, <laughs> so I don't know if you had to really taste it. But he like if you wanted to know if it was like weeks. like if you wanted to know between two and like three weeks, maybe you're gonna taste it. I don't know. Does it matter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if you're hunting for a rhino, does it really matter? Two, three weeks. Uh, like I feel like I, I got what I need to know out of that situation. But then like, what do they do after that? Like what do I do differently with oh it was two and a half weeks old, not three weeks. Ooh. Yeah. After that they find some more some fresher poop. Yeah. He sure uh, does. And then he makes uh Carl. Carl. <laughs> Thank you. Carl Carl like actually taste like, it. Yeah, go ahead and stick your finger in there. Just get a <laughs> get it all the way so you get it around and just go ahead and taste it. I think A, this is the nastiest thing he had to do all episode, and B, he did it of his own volition. Nobody forced him to do this. There was very little coercion going on. Do you think that the tracker guy actually tasted the poop or fake tasted it and then just made Carl taste it? I think the tracker guy's just fucking with this dude. I, that's, what that's what I'm saying. Like, like, he's like, oh yeah, it's like, that, it's like he's like looking at that poop and he clearly sees that Carl's freaking out about the poop. He's like, oh okay, I'm gonna get this guy. Yeah, it's like two or three man. weeks old. It's not like it. <laughs> fine. It's not gonna hurt you. So like, I don't know. I don't know. You could be fucking with him. I thought eating poop was toxic. I mean, you definitely shouldn't eat a bunch of it. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't that have like like a whole bunch doesn't of, like, seem like it. Right. Like, exactly. Like, like we had like, this problem before yeah. we had basic plumbing. Right. right? In like cities where like. I think, I think it's within species versus not within species. So you can eat any other species shit. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's probably more okay the farther away it is from you. Hmm. Oh, I, man. I don't know, right? Dogs eat their own poop a lot. They're not, like, dying from, like, Their stomachs sepsis. are also, like, way, like, can, they can eat raw meat and we can't. Like, our stomachs are way more sensitive than dogs. Good point. James's Internet Corner. Uh, James's Animal Corner. James's oh, sorry. Animal Corner. Biology Corner. <laughs> biology. Dogs can't eat chocolate. They That's can't true. eat raisins. Oh, good point. Can't why, eat grapes. Why can't dogs eat chocolate? It Poison. kills them. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The vet, the vet just says don't give them the chocolate. Uh, onions as well. 
And what? Funyuns? Onions. Not oh, onions. I, <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> specifically. They probably You've never seen the funions label on Funyuns? Yeah, Don't feed the dogs? It's just a giant dog with an X on it. <laughs> I, I think we'd have to go over to James for that question. What was the question? Why can't dogs eat chocolate? Oh, fuck. I don't know. <laughs> what about raisins? I, yeah, I don't know. I think the raisins is a newer one. Is that an actual <laughs> thing? That's true. What is it, like gluten-free with dogs? Wait, dogs aren't gluten-free. No, it's like <laughs> gluten-free is new. Like you said, raisin's a newer one. Well, like that, like, I mean, I feel like with dogs, everyone's heard, <laughs> don't give a dog chocolate. But like raisins, that one's, a, it's like a bit of a newer saying. When was the last time you ate a raisin? <laughs> I don't think I don't Wait. think that's a saying. <laughs> no, it's just the like thing a, is, here's the thing: chocolate covered raisins, <laughs> fucking great. It's the more horrible dogs. When was the last time you ate a raisin, though? Like you've seen, you've eaten chocolate. Chocolate's around all over the place. I'd say, like, when was the last the, time you bought a in raisin? The, in the, bought or ate? That's a different question. <laughs> I've had. <laughs> I want to know this both. <laughs> Just answer one of the damn questions. Look, I don't want to know. Animal corner. The last time you got a, like a salad and they had some raisins on it, that doesn't count. I want you to like yeah, have like I've like, like a box of raisins. Yeah, I've definitely had like a box of raisins within the last like two to three years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he is mayor of Animal Corner over here. His answers are so political. He's just dodging these bullets. <laughs> It's okay, he's under oath. Yes, answer truthfully here. <laughs> Two to three years. Well, it's just facts, like you're, you're going to hear that in relation to how often you're around the food and the animal. Like, there's there's a hierarchy there. There's sure. lots of foods probably dogs can't eat, like <laughs> that you just don't ever eat. Like, you know, they can't eat papayas. When was the last time you had a papaya? Like, <laughs> uh, like papaya. Well, don't saying. answer that. That's a rhetorical question. Very you rhetorical. Don't need to answer that. Why are you yelling about answering the question? Now, you know. Now I got to answer the question. Papaya in question. <laughs> uh, papaya. It's a good fruit. Is it a fruit? It is a fruit. <laughs> it is a fruit. It's not a great fruit, but it's a fruit. It's not a grapefruit. Great. It's a great fruit. It's not. It's not that good. It's pretty good. You maybe you're doing really. It wrong. All right. So. Yeah. Best fruit, go. <laughs> How does one do papayas right, James? Got to cut them. You got to pick a good one out. Got to cook them up sometimes. I don't know. Different ways to make How do you? How does one dishes. cook fruit? Hawaiians make whole dishes based on papaya. Got papaya salad. You haven't had fried plantains? Fried plantains is fruit. shit. Yeah, bananas <laughs> are fruit. Plantains are basically bananas. So you're saying you fry the plantains? Yeah. Or the papaya, sorry? Uh, no, I'm just saying. You ask, how can one cook a fruit? Can can dogs eat what plantains? About, <laughs> what about a baked apple pie? Unclear. No, what they about can tomatoes? definitely eat bananas. Yeah. What about eat. tomatoes? A lot of fruits being cooked. Well, I don't think dogs like tomatoes very much. What if a dog <laughs> ate chocolate, but there was a notarized legal statement from the dog? Whoo! <laughs> 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 All right. So a, so there. after the rhino bet, they go to Uganda. And they go to like some like this giant outdoor market where they sell all the clothes that we just like oh we couldn't sell these so we just gave them to like they donated donated them to charity which they just end up in this market. I was waiting for that 190 Patriots T-shirt to be on sale. In there. Oh yeah, I was shocked there wasn't any like crazy shit. The craziest thing something. was a golf shirt that said British guy on it, and then he bought that. <laughs> <laughs> 
British guy or British gas? It said British gas. Okay, I yeah. couldn't see it. <laughs> we were watching terrible YouTube quality, so I I couldn't read it, I guess. Uh, and, like, there was a pretty funny conversation between Ricky and Carl, like, at the beginning about, like, why am I doing this? Like, what is this? What is this ridiculous thing he's doing? He's got to get these clothes for to go see these gorillas and he's like what do the gorillas care what i'm wearing there's a matter between corduroy and jean like he was i thought it was a pretty funny conversation that he had about just this ridiculous thing that he had them doing yeah he got I think real actual, like shopping was probably less interesting though as a bit all up like like all of the these bits are like not that interesting <laughs> sure like by themselves like, time box to a certain amount right and then they go like all right let's we're moving on now I just gotta enjoy like there's a guy taking around shopping and Carl doesn't seem that into it until he has to pay he's like there's like in some other currencies like how much is that in pounds it's like two dollars it's like that's it and then then they like drives up the music a little bit and Carl's like yeah let's buy some more stuff and he's trying he's on like he gets some shoes he like swapped out his shoes but the shoes. It seemed like he just wanted new shoes and he just traded the shoes he was wearing for new shoes and didn't pay for them, which probably was not exactly what happened, but it was a That's funny That's what they made it seem like. It's, a, it's a definitely a bold move to trade the shoes you're wearing for unknown shoes in a Ugandan market. Right, oh, before, yeah. you, right like, before you go hike to meet gorillas. Yeah. Like if they <laughs> let you do that, then I'd be very suspect of those shoes. Like, Maybe, it was just yeah. like a donated pair of shoes versus your donated pair of shoes. <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I don't see a lot of difference in that. But, you know, one was definitely clean and one was definitely dirty. So, yeah. uh, I bet trades happen at this market, though. Like, that's got to be part of, like, just. Oh, the thing, yeah. Right? There's sure some bartering's happening. Right. So, like, they're like, yeah, I don't know how much you pay for these shoes. Have those shoes look pretty good. He's like, <laughs> you want these shoes? Okay, here you go. Trade like, shoes. These shoes are like $2. Uh, trade $1.50. <laughs> so I was, I was definitely a little bit, uh, I was a little bit kind of confused about the whole people donated this stuff to charity, but now they're selling it in this market. Like, is it just like a Goodwill situation where it's like they have to sell, like they sell the stuff to cover the cost of organizations or is it just like it's some corrupt situation where they're just getting all these donations and then just profiting off of it or like, so I didn't actually hear them say on the show that that was the situation. That definitely what they said. They said they, they said did? they said people donate these clothes and then you can go to this market and buy them. I think it's like how do you control a supply and demand situation when they're just like roll them off like the plane and just like who gets these, who doesn't get them, right? This is like an economical way of like giving like somebody like a business to like run and like it's not like these things are expensive in the overall grand scheme of things. Like I'm sure somebody's just given them and then they sell them as like a small business is how I would probably imagine it being set up. Yeah. But it could be set up where like, you know, the, I don't, I mean, the ruler, the whatever just makes a ton of money off of all of it. Cause he gets it for free. Yeah. And he just sells it. I mean, I don't know. It's just like, like, like you hear about, the, like, like you hear about these, like, you know, shoe drives at like, you know, school or work or every, every go, like bringing your old shoes. And like, you imagine that some, that somebody's gonna be driving around to all these little villages and stuff like that. Just giving shoes to all these kids. Yeah. yeah that's definitely that, doesn't that, seem that like definitely that's the case. Not what's how happening that works. At all. I feel like, like in your La La dreamland, that's how that, I don't works. know. Like in your I, perfect like, world of, like 
I didn't eat this tomato. Let me give this to poor Africa. And you no, put no, it no. in the chute. And then the chute goes right to Africa to a hungry person. I understand that there's some complexity <laughs> in shipping things around the world and getting like stuff to people. But like, I assume when somebody's like, hey, if you donate these shoes, they're going to go to some kid in Africa. They're actually going to get to some kid in Africa and not just get sold to some store in Africa. Yeah, but if you know I'm a big burly guy in Africa and somebody's like, oh, I got all these free shoes. I'm like... Well, that sounds pretty good. I could use some of these shoes. Oh, I totally get it. taking all the shoes. Like, no one else is getting the shoes. Yeah. So, there's got to be some way to prevent you from, you know, just strong-arming your way and just getting all the free stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of logistics. You should probably probably know more about it. I don't really know about it Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what this, like, I'm not sure what the solution to the problem is, but it seems weird to me. Uh, while he's at this market, though, he does this crazy dance. Like, these people are dancing, and he just jumps right in. And he's good at it, too. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty good moment. Uh, what else? It then we... turned into a dance-off with him and that one, <laughs> one... Was it a guy or a girl? I don't even know. Just started getting at it after it. Just, just I don't even know how to describe what was happening. But it was really, it was really one on one. Just you, me, we're dancing this thing. Oh, you're going, okay. They, they, it was happening. It was like... One of them started like like high stepping a little bit, and there's like oh we're high stepping, and then there's like a high, insane high stepping competition basically. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. I liked the, it. Then after he leaves his market, he goes to meet these gorillas, which they teed up from the beginning. And I don't know if they don't tell him what's gonna happen that day, but like he's surprised when he finds out that these gorillas are like hours hiking away. 12 hour car drive. Yeah. And then there's like a big, well, here's the real problem is that, so an hour into this thing, they're like walking through, you know, just the jungle of Africa. (laughs) And I think it's the impenetrable jungle. That's right. Impenetrable forest. Uh, and in like an hour in, dude's like, so like, how much further? Like, what are we, like, what are we looking? At? They got these like tracker guys, right? And dude's like, oh yeah, we're we're pretty close. Like, that's some poop right there. Oh yeah, we're like ten minutes away. <laughs> Meanwhile, they just hike for another three, four hours <laughs> until they find the damn gorillas. It was like five hours. Yeah, it was like five hours each well, way. I think about three hours in, they were like. You know, I think maybe they're back more the way we came, and like they made them like do a little circle and stuff. But it yeah, was definitely I, like five hours to get to the gorillas, and then it was like three hours after they found the gorillas. Like they didn't have to like wander aimlessly to find them. Yeah, on their way back. Yeah, I mean, these are wild gorillas. They're going to be around wherever they're going to wander around the jungle until you find them. Like James, how many gorillas did they say existed in the world? They uh, said. Exactly 720 mountain gorillas was what they said uh, were total in the world. And how many flights did Carl say they would fit in? Carl said that this is the exact number of gorillas that would fit on a single airplane. <laughs> Which airplane can fit 720 gorillas? I, I don't, as we discussed during the pod, I can't imagine a plane that can hold that many gorillas. Yeah. Like, yeah, you start trying to do math of like how many people like could fit on a plane, but that math isn't even the right number there because these gorillas are huge. They're easily two to three or four x like a human size, so like the weight just doesn't add up. So like you need a plane that's like holds a thousand, fifteen, two thousand people. I don't know. I, they don't make that planes does that not big. exist. Yeah, like 
That's just that's the Titanic of planes. How big of a <laughs> <laughs> James's plane corner, everyone. <laughs> if you build a plane that big, can we trademark the Titanic, the Titanic <laughs> of planes? <laughs> that will come into use at some point. Oh yeah, just file it. You, isn't that what the blimp was already the Titanic of planes? <laughs> oh yeah, the Titanic. Oh, no. Definitely the Titanic of planes. <laughs> thought that was already taken. I thought that was already taken. It's the Titanic of blimps, uh, not planes. Rigid airship. Of rigid airship. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Do you think they show this episode on the Gorilla Channel? Definitely. Nobody. Nobody knows the Gorilla what Channel. channel? Is no. the show on? Uh, fuck it. Forget it. Never mind. Do we know? Is it Animal Planet some, or like some British Channel? It was a British. Oh no, show. this one was Animal Planet. Not all of the episodes are about I animals. think I think <laughs> this was originally on BBC. Is that possible? And that would mean it's I think government so. funded. Probably uh, idiot abroad. Probably it's definitely possible. Like I can't imagine it's on BBC. That'd be nuts. Yeah, I don't know. I, I there wasn't a whole. They like wasn't a whole lot going on with this gorilla segment. The best no, part was, it was the, just the tease. It was the reason to be there. That's the best part was the end when he had to confess that he didn't do the bungee jump. What about Sky One? Sky One. Sky One. Sky that sounds one. right. There you go. Um, I mean, like, it seemed like they were hoping for some better interactions with the gorillas, and it kind of just didn't really pan out. Like, I mean, like, you get what you get when you're there. I mean, they got some good footage of gorillas, don't they? Yeah. Just, it's pretty. I, I think Uganda is the only place you can go see gorillas hmm. in like the in wild, the, in yeah. natural habitat. Um, so, I mean, that's that's for sure. A, that would be a very reasonable bucket list item for most people. So, do the shows just like okay? This is like a gen, like a generic bucket list item. Like, go see the gorillas, or like you know, go skydiving. And it's like the show like designed around that one bucket list item. Yeah, that's definitely what it seems like for sure. Yeah. Yep. So they got one hundred shows to do. Yeah. So they start the show out with Ricky and Carl in London, presumably, uh, talking about where he's going to go. Is every episode start that way? I feel like it'd be pretty expensive to fly him from, like, Uganda back to London, then from London to, like, fucking Well, you could just so bang that whole thing out in, like, an hour, though. Exactly. So, like, I've, I've seen a couple other episodes, and, uh, like, it always starts with him in London, but I think they film the whole thing in one afternoon before he goes on all the trips. Okay. Or maybe after after. I mean, they, I'm sure they do them all once. Or it could be like a pinky and a brain thing. Each each day. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just <laughs> What? <laughs> pinky and a brain every night. They think how they're going to take over the world. So every trip they start out and, you know, how is he going to go take one of these uh, items off the bucket list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you say you're making a, a things a giant that end there. with something 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 bucket list and so like that makes sense now that's it's, not it's, how that it's, it's that the show has a repetitive theme a repetitive mm-hmm. skit this re- really reminds me of the morgan freeman vehicle bucket list nobody <laughs> saw that movie oh my god forget it i i the only reason the i think the only reason that people even know the term bucket list is because of that movie's existence <laughs> like in my i mean i don't know i had not heard this term before that movie but now Definitely everybody uses that as like a real term unrelated oh, yeah. to that movie 
I definitely had heard the term for sure. Like it wasn't part of like something I would say normally. I like I like definitely remember the trailer for that movie. It's like it's like yeah, this is your bucket list. Like you know the list of stuff you have to do before you kick the bucket. Like they, they had to like explain the term because it's yeah, <laughs> all these young women <laughs> know what they know what the term was. Right. Because the people that know the term that are making the list. Well, they're making a list for a reason, Harrison, and they're not going to be around well, a lot longer. Let's roll it back. Max, <laughs> why did you watch this movie? <laughs> no, I just brought it up because Noah did an insane reference beforehand. I want to do something too on point. Oh, I like my reference. I still I still hold it. Did uh, we validate it was a reference? I think no, you just said a bunch of random No, it's not a reference. Sense. It's like, <laughs> you know TV? <laughs> yeah. How they have a like a plot in each episode? It's, it's crazy. Each it's episode of TV has a plot. It's it's crazy. This nah, is a crazy you're just taking it too far. TV with plots. Taking and it like too far. Like a repetitive plot, like, you know, all TV in like 50s and 60s and 70s. It's a repetitive device. Okay. Anyway, I it shows, it shows a lot like whose line is it anyway? Right, you know, <laughs> Drew Carey <laughs> says a bunch of stuff in the beginning, and then they do things each episode. <laughs> and each episode, Drew Carey says something in the beginning. Every single, every single, yeah, just it, like idiot. Well, and the, in the new one, they have the Lana person. What's her name from uh, Lana Del Rey? I think is that her actually? Yeah, that is her name. Lana's in doing not <laughs> Drew Carey. Her name. Aisha. Aisha Tyler. That we. What? Damn it, Max. Trusting Max. What? Back in the scope here. We got to get back on the road. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even right. know what right. else say about this damn show. I wanted oh, to talk about no. how you actually schedule a vacation like this. It's, it's, it's not like, a vacation. No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> obviously it's not a vacation. It's modeled like it's a vacation, though. Like, like. Like, like you're in South Africa, what are you gonna do for the day? Like you could go build a house, or you could go, you know. None of this is normal vacation things. Like, no, the only thing that's vacation. But then how do you plan the this anyway? <laughs> then it's even harder. I don't. Yeah, they're just like I don't know. You're gonna go like deal with the local situation, think, whatever it is. To, <laughs> do you send like a crew down there like two weeks? Like how? Are, you go scout. You definitely go scout. Like, I don't know what's going on in South Africa. Let's see. Well, it looks like they need some houses, so we should build that house. I don't know. But like, how how early do you scout these things? You send them like two weeks beforehand? Like, no, but definitely earlier. There's got to be like somebody you can hire in the UK for like, hey, teach me about this place. What's some cool like ecotourism ish? I believe I believe that you're looking for a travel agent. No, travel agents don't know shit. It's just the internet, guys. Like the you can ask, You think that they found Possibly. that like tribe where you can like cook for the king was on the internet? I'm, I'm sure they're on the internet. Yeah, they're like the tribe. Hey, that, that tribe is on tribe. the internet. <laughs> it's true, definitely. Or like, just I guess some of it's like how do you set some? How do you come up with the ideas to set some of this up stuff up? It's definitely orga- organized by some kind of local guy. It's like, okay, we're going to do South Africa, <laughs> and then we're going to do Uganda. Right. So they talk to some guy in South Africa. It's like, what kind of weird shit can we have this guy do? Let's hear about it. Some of them pick a few. Do the same thing for you guys. It doesn't seem that hard. Right? I, 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 I agree with yeah. Har- Harrison. You just get some local yes. expert guy, right? Right. That's all it is. It's yeah. 100%. Do you think they do like three times as many things as we see? And like the ones they don't show are even less interesting. That would be great. <laughs> they have to, I think. I, I think, think they, they have, to. have to do. I'm at sure least there's some that they cut. I don't think it's three times the amount, 
but probably at least one or two. I mean, the the biggest difference is all these bits are really short. Yeah, yeah. So and they, like, they could save a lot. And like, there there are some that you could certainly see just not panning out or just not being interesting. All so I'm sure they have like have a couple buffer ones. Yeah, right. like you get up to that site, and you're like, ooh, that didn't look like we thought it was going to be. Oh, or, there's definitely ones that they go to, and they're like, we're just not doing that. Yeah, well, yeah. Versus like, I think they're that's like schedule three times. They do two times. They show one. Right. Yeah, just by chance at some point, Carl will enjoy one of the activities <laughs> of the 15, the <laughs> and so you can't show the one he likes. It, has he, Do they, does he never, like, is that, like, part of the thing? Like, he never is, like, just thrilled about one? Well, he really liked the shoe shopping and, like, the market. Yeah, so he definitely surprised gave him that one. They, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, and he became, he was playing pool and dancing, and he was having a great time. So they show some stuff like that. Obviously, most of the stuff is just brutal and painful. Oh, or so they show two of his things. Things are he's afraid of evoke some kind of really, really negative reaction, or he doesn't understand how like, another culture, another person, another another you know group of people, whatever it would be, could do or think something in that way, and him trying to figure that out and make <laughs> that fit within his Northern England context sure those are the two kinds of things that they usually do like it doesn't see the culture shock sorry but the the culture shock thing would be like i mean like i would have that like you go to a different place for like a while and you're like oh man this place is way different than i'm normally used to in my life right uh so i could definitely see that being pretty interesting yes yeah, especially and, like, be, like you could like empathize with it right being like you put yourself in that situation you're like oh what's happening here yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, that that's the show. That's the picture of the show. Yeah. Including the fear, it's always just like, this is a crazy situation. How would I react? Let's watch this crazy British guy do it. Exactly. That That's the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, it, like, it doesn't seem like the length of time he's at these events equates to any amount of, like, on-screen premise. It just seems like sometimes some things hits off and you could be there for an hour and you get, like, a whole, like, you can get probably a six-minute segment. You can be there for a whole day, and I think you only get like a two-minute segment out of some of these. Yeah. Well, like, that's the thing with the gorilla thing, right? Like, that was a whole freaking day. That was like a two-day thing. He like yeah. had to get the van there, do the thing all day, then get the van back. Right. And then that and segment then only like, paid off for the same five I've, minutes. They definitely thought they were going to get something better out of that because it must have been so expensive to do. Like, those gorilla things are really, like, really expensive to do, I think, too. Especially to film it. Oh, like, yeah. Then the dude gets out more. there with the grills and they just have the camera on him. He's like, I wish I could think of something better to say, but I got nothing. <laughs> so I've been hiking for six hours and my brain does not work anymore. Yeah, which is very reasonable. Yeah. In the and the crew's like, shit, we didn't think that through. We should have got like a guide or somebody that can actually like talk about the gorillas or something. Like like the best shot was the gorilla was scratching himself and Carl was scratching his shoulder like exactly the same <laughs> way. And that yeah. was like the, the best footage they got of that for yeah. sure. So and the baby girl. The baby girl is good. That's true. It definitely seems very hit or miss for them. I could see producing the show being a nightmare. Yeah, I would not want to be a producer on that gorilla hike. Well, Kidney. no, not 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 with them. You don't have to be with them to be the producer, but just like being a producer on the show, making sure you get enough like segments for oh, the yeah. South Africa and Uganda segment. Like, oh yeah. I, I can't imagine that they're like over flooding with lots of footage that is actually good. They want to, they're not cutting down footage. They're scraping at it being like, Ooh, we got to stretch this thing out. <laughs> I think, I think so. I would love to, I, I don't, I don't know if I, I mean, if I given the opportunity, I would interview Carl or Ricky Gervais or 
you know, Stephen Merchant, obviously. But I would love to interview one of the cameramen on the show. I would feel like that yeah, the, that guy scoop. would be the only honest person you could interview and get the real, you know, skinny on how all this works. Like, if Carl is really that way or not. Like behind closed doors, he's drunk. Yeah. You're just butting up. Yeah. I want all the like, info. Give me the scoop. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah. I'd love to. They would, I mean, you're definitely right. Like, they, they would know what's actually happening, what the situation there really is, like, where people are really sleeping, what they're really eating, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's always the, what did you record on camera in these situations? And then there's, like, what did you actually do while you were there, too? Uh, it'd be, it'd just be interesting. It'd be great if this was the cameras are off. Carl's just like, surly and angry people be like get me a fucking beer i'm ready <laughs> oh, man. somebody get me a goddamn Some diet coke with a straw prima donna yeah, that'd be great. yeah 100%. where's my m&ms i only want the blue ones what is this brown one throw it away yeah somebody get this shit smell off my car i mean that caravan washed immediately <laughs> so we've been talking about it rob yes how much of this show do you think is real and how much of it do you think is fake I don't know, like, he's definitely going into these situations. So it really comes down to, like, how f- how much does he really not know what he's getting into and how much of his reactions are legitimate. But, like, he's def- they're definitely, like, travelogging, going to these different things and going through these uh, situations. So we've done a travelog before. Yes. Is it, I guess we assume travelogs are, rea- like, the reality shows. Right. So... It's not like a game show where we, we disclude them. So, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Like, how much of the Ricky-Carl conversations are kind of produced is probably a question I have. But I think his reactions seem to be pretty genuine. He probably knows more about what he's going through. But until you, like, you look at that bungee jumping thing, once you see it, that's like another level. Right. Like there's like, oh, today we're going to go do this thing. He might not know he he's not going to eat poop. Like he does. I don't think that's on the plan. Like, I don't think he knows that. Right. So he needs to be told in general, like what you're doing. But I don't think that really affects his, like how he reacts. So I think in, in general, it's just seemed pretty real to me. Like, it definitely seems like real reactions in general. Like, obviously, some of the things he says and some of the ways that he reacts, like he's playing into like the idiot abroad character. I mean, because it's to his benefit and the show's benefit to play into that character a little bit. Because if he doesn't do that, then the show doesn't make any sense. So I don't know. Like, Sure. I mean, consider Johnny Bananas. Yeah. Oh, he totally. He is a person playing into a character a little bit, but put into zany situations. It's it, it's it's always a thing that comes back to with reality shows and like, you know, it's you're you're incentivized to do interesting things when you're on TV, sure. So that your show is more popular, so that you're more popular. Like it's all these. But right? he like, he's not that interesting in the show. So yeah, but like he 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 does make those comments and like approaches things in, in a way that you might perceive like a, an ignorant foreigner would, right? So. He definitely seems more ignorant than an idiot in this episode. Yeah. From my perspective, but other episodes I'm sure he probably seems more like an idiot. This is this is also probably I think it's the third or fourth um uh show and I'm not talking about there's idiot broad and there's kind of a world kind of a world you know wonders of the world kind of idiot abroad kind of thing and then there's 
There's also um, the Ricky Gervais show. They all have Carl in it as kind of a primary character, just trying to understand who this guy is and why he thinks the stuff he does. Ricky Gervais has made a lot of money on Carl, and he's like, he's, I mean, my understanding, kind of a famous guy in the UK. This isn't like this a Carl passing, guy. like, oh, we did Idiot Abroad for two seasons and it failed. It was like, no, we got this really interesting dude, and Ricky Gervais makes it even more interesting and funny. Let's do a bunch of stuff with it. So I don't know if that helps the reality, the fact or fiction argument, but I'd have to think that there was a good dose of reality for it to even last that long, unless this is some crazy game they're playing on everybody for just, you know, a decade. Yeah. I mean, it definitely seems like it's kind of like a stand-up stick, shtick a little bit. Like, you know, he'll say something he knows is somewhat idiotic, because that's his like persona which i would get but i think that that persona isn't made up i think that he plays into it a little bit but that is his perso- real persona he's just, he's just playing into his natural tendencies yeah yeah did a little quick uh internet corner oh okay. noah's internet corner so he has a rev share with ricky gervais they co-own a production company with steven merchant so they're all taking the money off the production. Well, of the show. obviously he's oh, yeah. making money. I, I know, but that's how he's making money, right? Like he is a co-owner of the production company. Yeah, yeah. I think he started out as I, we could do another yeah. Noah's Internet Corner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think Carl started out as the producer of Ricky's show. Yeah, yeah, they had that yeah. original, and then and then he, they were like, "Oh, you got to be in it. Like, you need to be in this thing, not just." working on it right because you're way too interesting it's kind of like off the corner peripheral like saying crazy like no way i'm ever jumping off that bungee (laughs) thing bridge right and there's like oh yeah we got to get you in this show (laughs) right or like they're like yeah we're gonna go to south africa and see this thing he's like why would we ever go there that's insane right and like he's just saying all this stuff it's like well Clearly, we put you in the show. We got something here. Definitely seems like it's like part of his personality and a bit of a shtick. Like even his Wikipedia page, his like photo is kind of like he's like caught like, oh, you're taking a photo. Ah, you know, like mm-hmm. it plays into that I'm un- un- unaware type type of sensibility. Like I don't know what's going on around me. Yeah. Uh, the side tangent uh, that reminds me of I was watching Conan just went to Italy with. His producer, Jordan Slansky. Amazing. And yeah. it's so good. I spent a lot of time just having Jordan Slansky Conan bits on, like, while I was working the other day. He's just, he's, it's also a bit he's, like, leaning into, but it's also really funny. He's just, like, just this straight-faced, you know, by-the-books American that loves Italy. And it's just, they, like, dig into him pretty good. And Conan's great at that. Just that those are definitely all the best conan bits is when he goes on site somewhere to to do something when he when he deals with like regular people yeah and just makes it into like a insane situation is always the conan that's what conan should do like yeah. drop everything else just go do that it's like just like travel the world and just do bits and make a show out of it it'd be amazing that's all i want to see yeah they could call it an idiot abroad they could call <laughs> oh. it an idiot abroad all right, James. Give me your rating. <laughs> oh, right in the reins. Okay. 
Uh, right into it. <laughs> 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 An hour, 15 minutes later. <laughs> Jumping in. All right, so we're going to go ahead and fast forward now to the ratings. Uh, so the show's got a lot going for it. Um, overall, I was pretty well entertained, pretty intrigued. It kind of it kind of started out with me being me like, what in the hell is this show? But by the end of it, I was into it. And so like, I, I kind of liked it. Um, not a whole lot negative really aside from like, it seemed like, like it was the whole reality versus like, is this, you know, just purely scripted and staged. That's really the only thing I can knock this thing for. Uh, ultimately though, it's going to go in the middle bucket at the top. So I'm gonna give it a four (laughs) overall. (laughs) All right, James, uh, Rob, what do you got for me? Um, also going to put in the middle. It's definitely got some entertaining points. It definitely really like lag that much, but also it doesn't feel like oh man, I really want to watch more Idiot Abroad. It's just kind of a show that's like oh that's on, oh that's kind of fun, and that's it. Harrison, what you got? So I think I'm I'm kind of in a, in a similar bucket. Like it's uh, it's definitely a middle third show for me. I mean, certainly like good and watchable and like entertaining. Like I think I've seen other episodes of it that have been that have made me like laugh a little bit more, a little bit more than this episode. But like, it's the kind of show that if, if it was on, like I'd, I'd definitely watch it. But I don't know if I'm gonna go out of my way to watch all the episodes that are out there. Yeah. Dave, give me your rating. Do you remember how the ratings work? In comparison to Tiny House Hunters, <laughs> yeah, it is way better. <laughs> I would put it in the upper bucket. <laughs> list of the upper shows. That's a new one. The upper bucket. So what is that in the James ranking scale? <laughs> James there's, put his in buckets within buckets. <laughs> it's a Russian doll situation <laughs> in your scale. Yeah. I have no idea how that would possibly work when you're trying top, to rank things. It's, it's, it's a the skill of, bottom of the top. It's a skill of one to nine, with yeah. one being the best. So is so one's the best. Is that the smallest bucket or the biggest bucket in the Russian doll buckets? All of the buckets are the same size theoretically, but they're really not. But they so they're the same size, but they they're engineered so they fit within each other. Yeah, yeah. And you could not differentiate between all of them besides <laughs> no, 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 no. just what's the, on the what outside. What he said was like, stack. okay, so imagine <laughs> one through three are designed to fit into a Russian doll. So there's like one has three Russian dolls in it. So like one is a Russian doll, one, two, and three. And then two has four, five, and six in it. And then, you know, bottom third has seven, eight, nine. This has been Chris's <laughs> fractional corner. <laughs> Oh, man. Any right. Russian doll analogy is going to get you lost. No, uh, no, give me your rating. Give, you just give me your rating. No. Bottom of the top. <laughs> so it makes a top bucket because it doesn't follow the normal reality shtick of uh, like overproducing drama. Um, so that easily for me, based on what I've been able to see, puts it in the top bucket. Um, but what I really got on my way to watch this again, no. So that's why it's got to take bottom of the top. All right, Max, give me a rating. Top third, middle of the top. I really like this show. My only complaint is uh, I didn't have too many like real belly laughs, and I feel like other episodes might fix that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm debating. I'm, be- I'm between the mid and top here. Like it's like it's it's not bad. 
So, you know, that's that like says a lot. And usually when you start something with, it wasn't bad, <laughs> usually doesn't mean it was great. It's definitely not great. I think the, the each bit is just like long enough that I'm not bored of it, but it's not necessarily exciting. But it's also like living vicariously through this guy is pretty fun, which I definitely like shows where I get to live vicariously through people. Uh, and I don't like shows that I wouldn't want to be involved with. So you do want to be involved. You'd want to be on this show. Like I wouldn't mind going around all these places to do crazy things. That'd be fun. That's why like, Chris's favorite reality show is Married at First Sight. He's why he wants to get that Married at First Sight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously, you know, living vicariously through all these crazy people. Thanks for thanks for that one. <laughs> uh, I like that one for the human experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. I got you. Uh, I think it's gonna go in the middle. Whoa, man! Wasn't expecting that after that <laughs> curveball there. It's gonna go in the middle. You know, we'll see where it lands. Maybe the end of the season. Who knows? Doesn't matter. Might be in his top five. Who knows? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Get off my back, James. The, you asked the question of those is what everyone's rating was. <laughs> James, I'm going to cut your mic off. Oh, my God. Hey, it's uh, not around the horn. Speaking of cutting mics <laughs> off. And no one got. Uh, I don't know if we want to do a challenge update, but we're going a little long. Uh, yeah, I, I mean... I haven't watched the uh, the reunion show yet. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah James hasn't watched the reunion show. Are you going to watch the reunion show? Yeah. Okay. Well, should I watch the reunion show? So, no. here, who's no. the host of the reunion? They, who won? For they, no. they don't have, spoil who won. Oh, then we can't the talk about it. Okay. Like, if I, all that's I, the only thing. That's the only thing to spoil. I just want to know who the host of the reunion show is. It's the Miz. Think it is. God, the fuck. Yeah, this sucks. Right, so, man. like the basic, the basic thing is like they did, like they they're doing the dumb finale thing again, where they have a two week reunion show, and then in the last like five minutes of the second reunion show, they roll the tape from where they cut the final challenge off in the middle of that puzzle to the end to see who the winner is. So, like That's it's so it is it is it is at least better than last time where they had this with like like it was kind of left oh we don't know who won they just revealed it on the show like at least they had some real like at least a couple of minutes of real content but it's still no good it's garbage it's still no good mtv just doesn't have to close out a season yeah no? it's really like the season's so good and then 30 like, something seasons later you think they would figure out they, how to close it out but they used nope. to they know. just got they just got they just got a little bit too greedy they just want to milk it for an extra couple of weeks like they they just they got to end it right you know yeah, I mean, I get my piece last week, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next show. All right. So uh, next next week, uh, we we're de- we have debating between two shows, I think, next week. Okay. I'm in other show updates. No. Is, is Maxine Quick Jersey update? Nope. <laughs> uh, I mean, I did watch Jersey as, uh, last week. There really isn't, really isn't anything to talk about. All right. Uh, so... You can find us on Facebook.com slash Who Put This On. You can find us on Twitter.com at Who Put This On. You can find us, you can email us questions at Who Put This On at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.